in this tunnel. another episode of deep dark tunnel i'm joined by new york-based producer and dj ted kamal how you doing today i'm doing great how you doing doing all right thank you so much for coming on the tunnel uh first off you're coming off of your summer release of your album rhythm heaven how would you like describe this body of work so uh, that's a good question rhythm heaven is rhythm heaven is not necessarily up to date i would say rhythm heaven is something that i worked on over the pandemic and it it was like um, a follow up to John's, sort more or less. So it captured it captured like a certain energy that I had during the pandemic. But I sat on it for a while. Like I sat on it for at least like a year and a half. And then my boy, I was playing it in the house. I was like, oh, you know. And my friend, he was just like, yo, just drop this right now. Like just drop it. So, you know, I was like, all right, all right, let me, let me put this out. Let me like properly like do this. Cause it's been a minute since I dropped and I wanted to just get, give, give people an idea of like the direction I was going in, but rhythm heaven, like, um, conceptually, like, you know, obviously there's a game called rhythm heaven. And I felt like the concept of just the name and everything was easy to latch onto when it came to, when you, when you, when you listen to the music, cause a lot of it's like polyrhythmic stuff. And then I did I did a few um like a few samples from the game and whatnot. But it was really it I I almost wanna say it's more of a mixtape because of like the energy that I had when I was when I put it out it was like they just need to hear what's going on. But yeah, rhythm heaven, like that's just kinda like a I wanna say it's like a precursor of what of what like of get of like kind of moving closer to what I'm working on currently today um i'm just happy to like to, i'm happy other people are with it i'm really I'm, I'm surprised i'm always surprised like when people are like oh like this is my favorite song this is like you know what i mean like always pleasantly surprised yeah would you say those like um games like rhythm heaven or like uh i don't know other like musically inclined video games like guitar hero or stuff like that did that hold a big purpose in your life or just like any foothold yeah 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 100 100 percent um a friend of mine his name's dia um he always had all those rhythm games like all the all the like uh what was it pad up pad upon or something like that and so i always go to his house and and get a chance to play those um guitar hero played a major role just in life in general i love that game and then it was rock band after that uh we had we had the rock band three we had beatles rock band like all that, all those music games definitely played a big part. But I would say by the time I was playing those, like in my head, I already decided, like I think I'm, I think I want to make music. Like before I got into those those quarter games, but those those games almost are like precursors to like Dawes to me. You know what I mean? You get you get some of the the the, the skills, the hand eye coordination, just like looking at the 
looking at the screen and not looking at the keys, you know, and like you get a little bit of that out of there. So, yeah, I would say I'd say they played a role for sure. Yeah, I feel like you just learn like a lot of like the fundamentals, especially it's like you're teaching a lot of kids like to get rhythmically inclined to learn like at a very small degree, like note reading and stuff like that. Like Note reading cues, cues and um, and, and just honestly, too, I, I want to say like I just got into video editing a little bit this year. And I feel like those games have a much bigger impact on that to in, in a way, just from seeing like there's there's always a visual cues to the music. And that's just big right now. in in just content is like, you know, those edits where it's like the screen shifts and the, and the music, sh- you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that kind of stuff when I'm looking at like a video editing software, it gives me like rhythm heaven kind of vibes, like got to get it right. Now, your album Rhythm Heaven, along with your EP Johns, are both released under I slash dollar sign records. Uh, what can you tell me about this like label that you put your music under? So I, I, I slash dollar sign or IS was a long time ago when I first, first got into music was a Facebook group that I was a part of. And um, it was just it was a, it was more of a collective, too, in a sense, because everyone was on the same page and like. People from people from all over the country, you know, at the time, like it was cool to just add anybody on Facebook and then just talk to people like it's a lot, a lot different now. But back then, like um, my boy, Amani Fela and Zach Villery, these are just a couple people that, you, you know, the listeners might know. They we all started that that group. And like it was really just a lot of like chatting about music, dropping hot takes, just like. And it was called it was called Illuminati Scheming. So the I stands for Illuminati Scheming, and then we put the dollar sign for the for the scheming part. So when I first was like figuring out through my distributor what I wanted what I wanted the label to be, like that was the first thing that came into mind. But yeah, I S like shout out I S. Anybody who knows who hears that is gonna know exactly what it is. Like it's like a you know, waking some sleeper agents with that one. <laughs> it's a real, if you know, you know, type deal. Now you've been a long time producer and collaborator with the artist Pink Sifu. How did that like relationship start with you two? So once again, Amani, I have to really credit Amani to, for a lot of the um, connections and like initial progress that I had made in, in music. But we had, um, we were both like teenagers, like 18, 19, 17 or something. And we had this small, like apartment and Amani was always having people that, you know, just artists he fuck with come through and just maybe they'll have a run of shows in the city. And then they just stay at our house for a bit. Like our house at the time was like the house that like everybody's come through that damn house. Um, so Pink Sifu was just one of our, one of the, one of our guests at the time. And like, I didn't know him at first, he was like more of more like closer with Amani initially. And then I was DJing in my room and like, he was like, yo, that sounds crazy. Like, you know, and you know, from there, like it was naturally, it was just naturally like we were all going to be hanging out and be friends after that. But like, I think like just from Amani and, and just hanging out, grinding, you know what I'm saying? Like from the bottom, <laughs> he was there, like we were on the couch, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, very very like from the ground up sort of relationship so it's great to see him you know go from 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 like where we were at to where he's at now you know what i mean 
Definitely, yeah. And you've done a few shows. You've done a tour, if I'm not mistaken, right? With him and his crew. Yeah. Yeah, seen that yeah, yeah. Last year, last year we toured around the whole country. We did a run of festivals, and then we did a tour with Mark Rebier, who's like he, if you don't know, like he does like impromptu music right on the stage, a lot of electronic stuff. And that was cool. Like that was my first opportunity to really leave the Eastern seaboard on that, on that level. Like, you know, I learned so much about the country too, like just the geography and different, how people act in different places and whatnot. And like just the general vibe of the music scene in different places. It was during kind of the tail end of COVID. So I think it was that in itself made it unique to like low key, like just kind of like touring <laughs> the West coast, the South during COVID, during like the end of COVID. No, nah, it was crazy. That that was crazy. Like, like I could, I could, I gotta try. There's so many things I could think of toward like little tour stories. I gotta like really sit for a second, but it's such a blur. Like it was, it was awesome though. Like that was my first tour. But shout out to Pink Sifu, bro. Shout out Pink Sifu, yeah. <laughs> I'd say that the like beat scene and the instrumental scene was really popular and prominent towards like the early 2010s, 2011, 2014. But I want to note that when you were releasing the beginning of your work, it was more towards the back end of the 2020s and to where the beat scene was sort of shifting in this more electronic, like jungle drum and bass type scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if you can speak on that and sort of where like, you know, the SoundCloud tape scene was at that time. Me specifically, I found you off the YouTube page uh, God's Connect, which like if people don't know, just posts a bunch of like instrumentals and stuff like we were saying, like Knowledge and Flying Lotus and like similar artists. So that's a good question. That's that's a really good question. So when I first started making music, a lot of it was like what you were just saying, like knowledge and influence and like Jay Dilla, like beat scene stuff. Like I started actually making stuff in 2013. All my early stuff was like that, like boom bap, um, lo-fi beats, a lot of samples, still a lot of samples, but I just do it differently now. But that was what I started out. And that was, those were the main influences. And that was the main thing driving me to be to be an artist at the time, along with like the influences that influenced them, like Tribe Called Quest and all that stuff. But it was a it, there was a shift that happened in culture and a shift that happened in me. So by the time I was in New Jersey, when I started making music, like I was living at my dad's house in New Jersey. And when I got to New York, I would be hanging out in, in more or less like nightclub, like DIY, like dance club type of type of vibe and i was thinking about my music in that context and i knew i wanted to to play like i wanted to play my music but then i would think to myself like man like you know that's not like i don't want to stand up there and just play my beats like i need something more dynamic you know what i mean so i stopped producing for a second just to lock in on djing a lot of the tech life stuff was popping in the late 2010s that was hanging around grime like there was, a, it was, I want to say there was a big electronic music resurgence, like a, like, like a non acoustic sound, like a very electronic sound was happening. And I just knew like, I wanted to be, I wanted to do something that was like, get reaction from people and be some, somewhat, somewhat like impressive. Like, you know, not to say that the beat scene didn't have its moments in live music, but like, I think I was so, I was just younger. I just was like, nah, I want, I want to like see people move. So the first thing I started to do was just with the DJ stuff, like I had extensive sample knowledge anyway. So 
the first thing I thought to do was to put the that I like to listen to. Like I was with Young Thug heavily, which was like a mat. Like, yo, that was even a big shift. Like, you know what I mean? Like the attitude pre Young Thug was like all that. Like that is weird, you know? That's not real hip hop. Da -da 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 -da. But like I kind of got radicalized because I just I don't know. Like I'm just like, nah, like, you know, it's it's not really bound the way that y'all are trying to bind it. So Young Thug, Lil Uzi Vert, all this type of stuff starts to come out. And I'm like, I'm I was really like behind it, you know what I mean? So the first thing I thought to do just coming from like that sampling energy was to recontextualize that music into just something that I could DJ and something that I like to listen to, you know what I mean? Because DJing that alone is cool, but even that, that's that's sort of more of a party, doing party DJ. Like, I, I still wanted to put a touch on it, so it came down to um, Young Thug and Lil Uzi Vert play with Cardi edits. And then the drum and bass thing was a very natural, like, choice, because at the time that I started doing it, there wasn't anybody that to, like, sort of look to. Like, there weren't, there weren't, there weren't a lot of modern um, drum and bass producers that were like in the forefront of the scenes that I was hanging out in and you would hear bits and pieces of drum and bass in the footwork stuff and like the club stuff anyway and like you know being born and like growing up in the 2000s like that's just that was just part of the palette as well so I was really at that time I was pulling from something more internal like yeah like you know I'm in break like I just wanted to make it sound sound as lit as possible and so that was what I started out with early on and on SoundCloud was like the, the drum and bass edits, the jungle edits, the, the club edits. Like I was just, I just felt like it was really cool. And I was DJing and like, it was, it was just like a sort of organic, like me taking a little bit of different things that I knew um, musically and just trying to recontextualize it, like make it as exciting as possible. So yeah, like nowadays though, you know, it's, interesting to see like all of the the music scenes that, that like you there's more access to um different scenes in music it's interesting to see like if you want to make jungle you can find the kids on the internet that make jungle and like go on that discord and like figure it out like you know what i mean i think that's cool in some ways and i think in some ways it's not but like everybody kind of abandoned that uh that lo-fi beat sound and it's funny how now that that's look that's looked at like not that cool, and that's not that's not like anybody's that's that's everybody's fault. But now you hear those beats, you see them on like ads and like YouTube YouTubers, um, the background of their videos. Like it just became like the chill music that was acceptable for corporate kind of purposes and, and shit like that. There's still real ass producers out there doing. But it's just like, you know, over time, that just that's just what happened. Like, it kind of just got a little bit. It's kind of like a shell of what a shell of itself. The the, the like the, that I started off on yeah, the world was different, too. Like, you know, like we're just in a more hedonistic like world. <laughs> no one's trying to sit there and listen to chill beats as much as like as they were back then. I also was more innocent too. like, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but I think I'm not the only one that made that shift though, but that's a good question. Like I could kind of really go on all day <laughs> about that one. I really like that question. The the transition from, um, from, from lo-fi beats to electronic music, just to sum the question up, I think came, just came from a need, just came from a need to like, just 
express yourself a little bit, a little bit more, less conservatively, like a more liberal, like form of expression. I will, I will say like the, 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 the beat stuff, like the boom bap stuff, like going back to it, it is a restrictive process. Like, you know what I mean? It's not the same as when I'm working on like something that's, that's footwork. But the irony of that with the jungle is that jungle is just like lo-fi beats, boom bap beats, double time. That's all it really is to me. <laughs> Definitely. I, I like, it's really interesting how you were talking about like the shift. I didn't put it so like, um, I didn't think about it in that sense where like it generally was a shift from like boom mm-hmm. bap. And then like the commercialization of like lo-fi mm-hmm. and like slower, like 90 BPM type beats and stuff like that to get like commercialized. I never put that. Yeah, that, together, that's something so. that I really think about, you know, like you go on TikTok and you scroll past an ad. It's going to be like some lo-fi beat with a piano sample or something. And it's not, it's not a, what do you call it? It's not a sample. It's like a, it's probably like a, like a non, uh, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's just somebody trying to get the like sync license or something like that. But uh, this is a personal question for me. Um, I've been a big fan of your work for a while. Like pre Johns, like when you released your tape, like Y'all Want Waves, like that was a big part of like my production style and me getting introduced to like a lot of like like footwork adjacent projects and stuff like that. Um, so I do want to say thank you and your production style like that for putting me on and tons of other people. One of my favorite songs by you is Why the you ain't eat a cold i've always been so like intrigued because simplistic it's a very simplistic song for lack of a better term i'm just it takes like a certain <laughs> mind to put those two and two together i'm just i was just curious like where that song spawned from right right to put those two together no i, I was in a i was in a very interesting mind state when i did that so i'll give you i'll give you like the background on that so the beat behind that that beat is over a decade old. That's one of my first beats. Like maybe one of my first 50 beats is from, is why the fuck you ain't need it cold. Like it's completely different era than Ted Kamal. So um, there was a time when I was in New York and like I lived in this apartment and there was no light. There was no like natural light, no window like in the room. So that that era of SoundCloud where I was going crazy was like, I was actually going crazy. <laughs> like I was going, I was going crazy on the internet, like, but I was also just going crazy in real life. And it was that room with no window. So there'd be times I'd wake up in the middle of the night and like, I don't know what time it is. And I'm just like, you know, anybody that really produces to that, to that degree, like, you'll know what I mean. Like you're just kind of in your sleep, sort of like just kind of pressing buttons and so the why the f- you eat it cold like I was I just woke up in the middle of the night one night in that in that dark ass room and I pulled up my laptop and I was going through my old beats and I was like yeah that's that's a good beat like I don't know why I never like the why the I'm trying to remember what like what where the acapella came so I think I was just like this is a good beat and then that video came on autoplay on YouTube and I just downloaded the audio open the door and i think i did that in a in, in tractor i did that like on dj software and, and i just made sure like that the that the the cue would come in right whatever that means <laughs> and i um and i made it and i uh took a i think the, the photo is probably like a screenshot of the video and i put it out as like really late at night early in the morning and i went to sleep 
didn't expect anything. I did not expect anybody to give a shit about that. And the next day, like, I woke up and that had so many, like, plays. And, like, I was like, what the hell? But at the same time, like, that sort of mentality came from, um, like, just before I was making music, I was doing a lot of memes, like, early, early Facebook memes, like, really, really foundational memes. And it's kind of cringy to to go in on that. But, like, the energy from why the f*** you ain't eating cold is, like, like leftover middle school making, like, fried memes kind of, I feel like. Like, that, 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 that track is a meme, essentially. And I think what made it work was that the fact that the beat was actually good, like a legit good beat. You know what I mean? And, yeah, that just came from, a, you know, late at night. Like, you're just kind of on the in, like, a manic... state and you're just putting just putting sounds together i got a lot of stuff like that that you know but that was just one of the things that actually got exported and uploaded you know but yeah like that that just came from me just you know kind of just being just acting crazy just just like yeah this sounds funny like let's see a lot of my stuff on soundcloud I, i move with that energy just very like you know just let's see what happens like trying sometimes i could say sometimes i'm trying to be funny in the beginning i was definitely trying to be funny with some of the really long titles and things like that you know but yeah i I was around trying to be funny and just acting crazy (laughs) and that's how that came about and um and i would have made the video that god's connect made i just at the time had very very little um video skills and that was a shout out to god's connect for that because that was a big like that was a big look to put when he put the music over that. When he put the video, when he put the the video sync to the music, that was like the vision I had in the beginning. So I was like, hell yeah, that brought it full circle. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate it. <laughs> so just uh, rounding out our interview, I want to just know like what is in the future for you. What's in like your like horizon right now in terms of like projects you're working on or events you might have going on like in the future. So I got a. I got a group with a couple of my friends that like we haven't uh, released anything yet, but like it's, it's like a I want to say it's like a super group because everybody's really talented and it's just the three of us and like we're just kind of making like a lot of like uh, EDM so to speak like really like re- like bigger sounding EDM and then I have a side project that's completely. I don't even want to say it's completely secret. Like you can probably put two and two together if you spend enough time scrolling through SoundCloud, like links and follows, but I got a side project. I get a lot of love on it and it's a completely different audience, similar style of music, but I'll let everyone else like, you know, figure out where, where, like what that is. And then I got the project I sent to you. Um, I think I might call it, I would cry. And that's me like actually trying to be serious and like artsy and Pulitzer Prize. Like, you know, I'm trying to be like, <laughs> like you know, but that project, um, I've been doing a lot more experimentation with granular synthesis and like using the Ableton DAW itself, almost like a, as a piece of hardware, like not necessarily using the plugins and the, and the, the uh, patches and whatnot, but like, just taking functions from the DAW and like, like the t- like the tempo, for example, taking the tempo, changing it to like the max tempo, 
resampling whatever that audio is and then slowing it back down to something that's more like listenable like just going really crazy with the with the tools that i have it in in front of me digitally so yeah my next project's gonna be a lot more textured um rhythm heaven denotes like the end of a like closing of a a sound chapter i want to say you know what i mean I've, I've, I'm just trying to make sure that like through all the other channels I have, like it's, it doesn't, there's not much, a, there's not like a crazy disparity when you hear what I put out next and like, which is the last thing you've heard. But at the same time, there's some artistic, there's something cool about that too. Like just coming out with something way different than, but if you go listen to the, um, some of the stuff I sent you, you'll, you'll, you'll really get the gist of what I mean. Like it's way more out there way more like you know people are people music critic people are gonna be like oh that that's interesting like i'm trying to be like a little bit more a little bit more like i don't know i don't know i don't even know what the <laughs> i got experimental there you go experimental if i wasn't already but yeah my my next music is going to be a lot more um experimental thoughtful if you actually wanted to know something about the type of person i am I think you'll be able to get something out of the next things that I release from them than a lot of the other stuff. I feel like I, the other stuff is a little is a lot. It's a lot more personified to get you to feel a certain way. But like this next 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 music that I release should be more personal and like, you know, you get a feel for the type of person I am with it, which is something I think I've been I've been lagging just because of like the the way I started on SoundCloud was having my name attached to everyone else that was popping like playboy cardi so you know i'm kind of trying to like get that like separate yeah. those two vibes you know what i mean um separate like the edit vibe like with the with the acapellas from the actual production if I you listen you, you yeah. know what i mean you'll you'll see that progression through john's like john's has a bunch of edits and then rhythm heaven has a few edits but like i'm kind of trying to get out of the you know what i mean yeah. it's good to, you know what i mean yeah I love the notion of like trying to reintroduce like sincerity into right. the music. Not to right. say that That's, your other stuff wasn't sincere, but like. Right. That's what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm like, you know what? I've been around and goofing off like mm -hmm. low key energy wise. Like I take it seriously, but I think that I've been hiding a bit of myself um, for some reason. And I'm like, you know what? I think people, I think like some sincerity and some personal some personal experience is what really makes this shit like really crazy you know what i mean yeah and i, I definitely feel like that resonates with like a lot of artists right especially when you're when you're not going to be being doing lyrics you know yeah you know i'm not going to be rapping or anything like that so i think it really helps to put yourself in a in a in a in a sincere spot that's a good word for what i'm trying to say mm -hmm. when when it comes to like production alone definitely like um uh, I, you've heard of DJ Shadow, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he, he's always cited, but like I think that his his introducing project is a good example of like a um, a producer DJ, you know, sort of making something emotionally impactful without mm -hmm. having any lyrics or anything. Just very interesting arrangements. Yeah, no, I definitely agree, and I'm definitely I'm excited to hear it too. And finally, our last question for this interview, I always love asking our interviewees is mm -hmm. just what are some artists you're listening to right now that you don't necessarily see get a lot of love, people you want to put on, people you want to give mm -hmm. their flowers? My boy, SJ, number one, 
that's my boy since like since day one. He is awesome. Um, there's a lot of like younger New York rappers that I like. There's a dude named Bobby Tutak, mm-hmm. and he's doing like mixing like the Afro beats with the drill sound. Like, shout out to him. I like S. Go. Um, who else? Uh, I'm I'm listening to Duop Kane all the time. My goat. Um, VIP Skylark. I'm listening to I with Veda. Um, I with Xavier so based. Uh, DJ Elmo, DJ Rowe. Those are two footwork producers that I really quit. Um, Asev, A A S E E V, A A S E V. That's my boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. I love Yeet, like Benny X, like all the, like, like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of the stuff that you, you would expect for me to like, mm-hmm. I try my, I try harder to like, like things and understand why people like things mm-hmm. than did not like them. But then the things I don't like probably won't even, I won't even talk about it that much. <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Ted Kamal, thank you so much for joining us on the tunnel today. Uh, where can the people find you on social media, streaming, anything like that? So you can find me anywhere online, just Ted Kamal. Um, Ted Kamal on on Instagram, Ted Kamal on Spotify, Ted Kamal on SoundCloud. I don't really use Twitter, but if you want to follow me, be my guest. And um, yeah, just, just, just the best place to check out, check me out is SoundCloud and Spotify. Like, I always, I'm always, I'm always much more active on SoundCloud these days than anywhere else. As soon as we get off this, I'm coming to drop something. SoundCloud. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and like we said, Rhythm Heaven, uh, summer release. Go listen to that on Spotify and SoundCloud. Um, yep. Show some love. Show some support. Yep. Yep. Check me out on Bandcamp. Check him out you on know, Bandcamp. Every, everything comes out first there. There you go. All righty. Ted Kamal, thank you so much for joining us down the tunnel. Don't get lost on the way out. All right.